Hello, I'm Nate, and welcome to Psych for Today, a podcast that helps you understand the psychology behind events, situations, and people in our world today. The United States has a problem with gun violence. We hold the victims in our hearts. Perhaps we may never fully understand it. We talk about it after mass shootings, but it's much larger and more complicated than those debates allow. Today, my coworker Megan has joined me to talk a little bit about the psychology behind some of the violence and shootings we've seen in our country recently. There's a lot of different reasons and perspectives for why they are happening. And today, Megan and I will explore a little bit of what we think is going on. I think that was that was well said. It didn't. Uh, I think there's something about it that really makes people think deeper about an issue than going to both ends of the extreme, but really kind of makes you think. Like you said, what is my responsibility yeah. in the midst of this? Yeah, it's really an acting problem. It's not, which I guess would be a prevention problem. I guess an acting problem is a prevention problem, you know. But, yeah, I mean, just just from top to bottom, you know. If there's 12 steps between somebody being a non-shooter and a shooter, hmm. then, you know, who's acting along each of those steps? Mm. You know, who's acting when maybe he's first bullied and the seed of wanting to have retribution begins? Well, maybe a teacher, maybe a parent in this day and age a lot goes into the radar as we see many kids killing themselves from bullying, you know, so so there's a problem there. And then as that develops and grows, maybe he starts bringing it home and he starts kind of, you know, festering about it in front of a video game or in front of a journal. Mm. Well, who's reading that mm-hmm. or who's seeing that? Well, hopefully the parent, but, well, a lot of parents are, are missing out, okay? Mm. Then it maybe evolves. Maybe he starts bringing in friends into it, kind of like the Columbine situation, you know? But who's investigating that? Well, hopefully, again, parents, but if they're friends at school, maybe teachers as well. But who's kind of investigating that? Mm-hmm. And then you have them beginning to maybe commit some minor crimes. I mean, I think the last Parkland shooting, um, had the, he, he had had a police called on him several times, mm-hmm. you know. So there had already been kind of warning signs, but the police, you know, how do they act on that? <laughs> you know, and up and up you go until eventually right, right. something happens, and then we're all allowed to act. Oh, because it's an obvious crime. Yeah. But uh, but by that point, it's too late, and people have died. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, if we can solve the acting problem, which is why you know it's important to do stuff like this, and you know, and 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 why you and I are crazy enough to make our life counseling because <laughs> we're trying to act in some way. You know, with the people who are in the beginning stages of some of this stuff mm-hmm. because it's not, you know, you're not a special kind of person to be violent. You're not a special kind of person to be. That's a really good point. To evil. So. I think that articulates well the point, too, that um, there are a lot of little steps between, like you said, 1 and 12. And usually most of our lives are not built on the big moments they're all the little steps in between that get us there yeah um and and it kind of makes me wonder in the wake of so many shootings if people are going to become more aware of what those steps are because knowing what step 11 and 12 looks like is almost too late at some points but nobody really knows what one through ten or even one through five looks like true and I, i wonder do you think in the midst of this, are we going to 
start having more awareness for people to start wondering or start acting sooner because they'll say, oh, wait a minute, I'm seeing something that before this wouldn't have made me wonder, but now it makes me feel more responsible to act. I hope so. I mean, a lot of really sad studies have been done. Um, Like, for instance, women, when they're being raped, should not call rape but fire because the studies have showed that that, that, that rape, um, people are less responsive to rape than fire. You know, um, there's also been real situations where people, you know, are, are sick or dying on, on the road and they get walked by and people walk by it. So there's like this weird kind of disassociation we have, you know, mm. I don't think it's just Americans. I think it's humans mm-hmm. to just like getting involved, getting involved. It just takes energy and time and it interrupts my life, especially when I have somewhere to go and, mm-hmm. You know, we all have these like these little kingdoms, these little fiefdoms that we kind of carry around. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of like to kind of like let down the bridge and, and, and go out and, and, and connect with someone, you know, who's suffering. It's just uh, well, it, it's just become a lot for a lot of people, you know. And so I think if we can get over that, I think if we can get over this kind of weird numbness we have to to pain and problems we hear instead of kind of taking like a instead of having like a reclusive reaction and having like more of an expressive kind mm-hmm. of pursuing reaction mm-hmm. i mean gosh what a different world right absolutely i mean i wouldn't sit at home at night you know being worried about i mean we've all had that right we've all had that like that like that like anxiety about like being robbed in the middle of the night but like what a different anxiety mm-hmm. if like you knew all six of your neighbors were like watching out for you mm-hmm. and as soon as they heard a creak on your door they were like hey bob are you okay like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm just a raccoon, <laughs> you know? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, next door, like, hey, Susie, I see a shadow in your front yard, you know? And you're like, oh, yeah, thanks. It's a bad guy. Oh, that, I don't recognize that car. Are you yeah, okay? Yeah, or just Who's practical stuff. There? Right, just recognizing that car. Absolutely. But, you know, when you don't Absolutely. have that, you sit in your home in your urban neighborhood with, like, mm. 50 people around you, and you feel anxious about something happening mm. to you, you know? But it's like why you are you are only 12 feet from somebody else Mm -hmm. technically Mm -hmm. but when you feel so alone and disconnected and disassociated yeah yeah, you you run into this this problem you know i I like what you said like if people will will move out and be willing to almost to kind of pursue one another i think a lot of people don't recognize the capacity they have within them to do that um i think you know, in, in studying counseling and, and learning a little bit more of, of what you do when you're sitting across from someone gives me a little bit more confidence to enter in to situations that I've noticed um, other people will lock up and kind of shut down around because they're afraid that they don't have the right answers or they don't know mm. what to do next or yeah. they're not sure how to fix the problem. Right, right. And, and once they relax and just offer what they have, which is their presence and their um, empathy and their just their ears of being able to listen and be with somebody, they actually have a lot of what that person needs. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think in our communities and in our neighborhoods especially, people don't realize that they have this huge capacity and, and a lot of ability to offer themselves 
um, and their unique giftings to their neighbors and to mm. each other in ways that are unique. But um, I think we get worried about what we don't have or what we don't have to offer, how it doesn't look like somebody else's or we, like you said, we just don't have the time mm. and people don't, they just don't realize what they have. Yeah. 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 It's really true. I mean, I don't know if it's like a weird, like pervasive sense of perfectionism or whatever, mm, mm-hmm. but like who's incapable of giving a hug? Who's incapable of just saying, Hey, yeah, you matter. Like yeah. it's not. Or a phone call. Or a phone hey, call. how it's, are you? Like, like maybe us as therapists are responsible because we've like made the standard so high. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but like just being human is, is, is should be straightforward. It should be easy. It should have anything to do with like having to do it right. It should just be being able to, and I think anybody can do this, just look someone in the eyes and say, mm-hmm. hey, how you doing? Or a phone call, or you matter. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we hold ourselves to this strange standard to where, like, we suddenly feel incapable of of doing, like, these basic acts of, of humanity to the person next to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Thanks for listening to Psych for Today. For more podcasts, blogs, and other information, visit ncwebster.com.